Tank, congratulations. This was your defining moment in the sport. How would you describe it? Uh, everything was uh, excited, man. I was excited to be a part of this event. I remember coming up uh, in the uh, Golden Glove and I seen seen Floyd fight and uh, the MGM, and it was it was crazy. I actually just seen Rihanna perform at the Super Bowl, and I was like, that was gonna be me one day, and we here. The dream that you had, does the reality match that dream? Yes, it definitely uh, matched the dream. You know, but uh, the job never done till I retire, so I'm gonna keep my head down, stay humble, and, work, and continue to work. Seems as though you had a crystal ball as well. You said the seventh round to us. Uh, yesterday and the day before and take the towel down if you can there you go um you predicted the seventh round how did you have that crystal ball uh it was just me it was it was me just trying to get into his head you know i really i really uh really don't know till i actually get in there with, with with my opponent but once i got in there with him i felt like it was it was the skill wise like it was it was like unmatched Let's take a look at the monitor. Let's go to the second round, if we can, and tell us about the first knockdown. He came out pretty strong in the first round, and then you knocked him down in the second. Tell us from your vantage point, take. It just him, um, yeah, it, it just him trying to, not knowing his his placement, and and I knew that I was, I was a smarter guy, so we always, like, my coach was telling me, like, in camp, He's going to come up with his head up, so just shoot over top. Now let's jump to this body shot here in the seventh round and tell us, did you think that this fight would be over with this shot? As we, as we look at it. <laughs> Ooh. I, I even... I, you didn't think it was over, did you? Nah, but, but I seen his face. I seen his face expression, and that's what made me, that's what made me take it to him. That's what made me take it to him. It was a good shot, for sure. Did he get up and continue? I thought he was going to get up. But I like I like to play my game. So when he was looking at me, I was I was looking at him like trying to tell him like get up. And then he just he just shook his head no. I remember many years ago we spoke and you spoke to our production group. He said I've watched Floyd. I watched Canelo. I look at all the tapes of Ray Leonard, Manny Pacquiao, all these guys. I'm going to be the face of boxing. Are you now? I'm definitely face of boxing. Absolutely. <laughs> Tank, congratulations. Spectacular performance. We are going to discuss that here today, and that's what we're going to talk about. I will continue that interview here in a minute. But first of all, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. You can shit the bed, whatever you want to do, to a conversation with Shelby Green. I am your host, the main man, Shelby Green. Excuse me real quick. Squig a Mountain Dew for the working man. Oh, man. So, once again, I want to thank everyone who listened to the podcast last week. But today, one topic, one subject. Well, we're going to, on this podcast, we're going to talk today and give you some updates on some future shows I got planned for y'all in the next couple weeks. So, let's talk about. So, I alluded last week, I hyped up the Javante Davis versus Ryan Garcia fight. I gave you my prediction. And it turns out, you go back and listen to the podcast, you go back and look on my social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. I predicted Tank, by a knockdown, would knock Ryan Garcia, and it would be stopped in the 7th or the 8th round. And it was stopped. Now, I want to make this real clear. 
Um, I think that Ryan. I think that Ryan Garcia did a pretty good job. You know, let's just get this point. So first off, the promotion of this fight. The whole promotion of this fight, I thought, was really well done. I thought the promotion sold the fight. They sold it to a point where we didn't care about the undercard. Nobody cared. 20,000 people, over 20,000 people in T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Ten to 15,000 people outside waiting for the after parties is what they were saying in Vegas. I mean, Vegas was hot. Vegas is a fight town. Big fight feel. You know, that's a bucket list thing in mind for Vegas. So I'll give you a little background on it. Everybody knows me personally. I work Wednesday through Saturday at night, nine at night, nine in the morning. My job. This is what happened. Girlfriend had a uh, a little bit of a issue coming up on the, that this past Saturday. She needed help with the baseball at the car night at Fields. She asked me if I'd help her. I said sure. I went to my boss at work. One of my bosses. Hey, look, can I switch Saturday for Sunday? I got some stuff going on. I'm going to come in here about two hours of sleep. It just ain't going to work out. I'm going to be wore out. And they said, yeah, sure, no problem. You're not going to get no sleep. Just do whatever. Well, about two days later, this was scheduled. I scheduled it about three weeks ago. And two days later, I'm sitting at the house. My dad calls me. We're talking. I told him, like, yeah, I got switched coming up on the hills. Dude, you realize what day you have off? I said, yeah, I got Saturday off. What's the big day? It's Saturday off. He goes, no, dude, you got tank. you got the tank fight off. I didn't. I had. I had paid, not paid attention to the fight at all because I was so mad because I had to work because I, I couldn't get it off. I couldn't use a vacation day because I I had my vacation days taken up. So I was like, "Holy shit! Like I really do have it off." Like, okay, cool. So, plain and simple, I was really really excited about the fight to watch it, and I was excited because this is a big fight. If you're a boxing fan, as I plug my charger into my uh, my um, laptop. And I was extremely excited. I was like, this is a big fight, no matter what. Um, a lot of animosity from Mayweather's camp and De La Hoya's camp. We're going to talk about the camps here in a minute. But I will make this real clear to you guys. I predicted this because I thought Tank had more experience. Tank is more patient as a fighter. And Tank is the hardest-hitting guy between 136 and 150 in boxing right now. He just is. There's nobody that hits harder than Tank. The only guy in boxing that you can argue hits harder than Tank Javante Tank Davis is Deontay Wilder. And I think Tank probably hits harder than Wilder because of how short he is and he can hit you at different angles. I mean, Tank can throw that. Tank has the best uppercut in the business right now. He does. And he can hit you, he can hit you any angle. He can hit you from the side. He can, hit you from the, he can hit you straight on. He can hit you underneath. Like, Tank can hit you any from any angle and knock you out. I mean, he knocked, as we were talking about this fight, so, I mean, he knocked the guy out with a body shot. Not the guy with a body shot. Straight shot to the ribs. So, of course, you know, I'm watching, the, you know, I get their, their dads. I'm, we're eating pizza and shit. And we're sitting there and talking about the fight, what we think was going to happen. And dad was talking about Ryan Garcia's ego is going to get in the way. He needs to jab and stay away from him, and that's it. You know, okay. So, opening fight, you know, Ryan Garcia comes out to some type of music. He's praising Jesus and all this other stuff. Tank comes out, the Chief Keith loves Sosa, and Dad's like, I don't, my dad's old school, he's like, I don't care about none of this shit, I want to look at his eyes and get in the ring. When Tank got in the ring, Dad looked at me and says, Tank's going to hurt this dude. Tank is going to try and hurt him. And you saw the pre-fights of how Tank was talking about, I'm going to break your jaw, don't bring your family. Garcia talking about, you know, Delahoya running his mouth, talking about the, you know, the the rehydration clause, the, the hydration clause in the contract, they couldn't go over 145 or 146 or whatever it was. Um... He had a mole in his camp and all this other shit. I'm going to address that after the fight because Ryan Garcia about won me over. He about did. We're going to get into that. So, first, Tank comes out first round. The first round, I'll give you a recap of the rounds for the fight. 
first round. Thought Ryan Garcia did a good job. I thought he 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 landed some shots. Um, felt like he, uh, you know how Tank is. Anybody watched has watched Devontae Davis's fights. He's always been really patient. He's very patient with his timing of his shots. He takes his time with things. Of course, you know you watch. Uh, you end up watching, uh, <clears throat> you know, Garcia he'll land some shots. Try to wrestle with Tank a little bit, which I thought was stupid. I said you're not gonna, tr- you're gonna try. And, you're too tall for that. Second round though, and Dad said he, Tank's looking for the uppercut. He's looking to sneak in there. He's gonna sneak in there. And you go back and watch the second rounds in the middle of the second round. Tank is getting low. When Tank gets low, he's looking for that shot. And sure enough, Garcia swung wild, left himself wide open. Tank caught him with the uppercut and dropped him. And from that point on, from rounds three, four, and five, Ryan Garcia got his body twirled because he protected his head. Garcia was not landing any shots at this point, barely. He was scared. It looked like Ryan Garcia was shell-shocked. He's never been hit that hard. You got dropped by Luke Campbell, okay, and you got up. That's great. You got dropped by Tank. Tank hits hard. And I think he shell-shocked. He was scared to get hit. There was, part, there was a point where he spun around, and Garcia spun around, and he, and he curled up like a little ball. like He curled up like you stand up. and curled up his position like, dude, you're leaving yourself wide open. Like, Tank even made fun of him, spun around, like, or whatever. And then, of course, you know, um, they said in the corner, if you hear Tank's corner, talking about 1 to 12, and Dad looked at me and goes, they're going to the body, and he tore that body up. And then round six, Garcia made a little bit of a surge. Also, Garcia got popped in his mouth, and nose was bleeding a little bit. But they had a, um, you know, they, they, you know, round six, Garcia came out strong, had, had a good round. And then round seven, Hit him with that short-range body shot, and he dropped him. Now, you heard the post-fight comment from Tank, and we're going to hear what Garcia had to say here just as soon as I get done making this point. There are a lot of people online that are running around saying the fight was fixed because of the way he dropped. I'm going to make this real clear to you. When you get hit in your body, it takes time as I get a message, an email from the casino, why I have no idea. If you when you get hit in your ribs, you and you hit in your stomach or your liver or whatever it is. Sometimes it takes a while for it to react to your brain, and it was a delay reaction. He dropped. Now, do I think Garcia could have got up? Yeah, I think he could have got up. I think he could have, but he also said he couldn't breathe. Um, you know, it was one thing after another. That right hand, he and it was a short range punch. Short range punches hurt, man. He hit him right in the ribs, right below his ribs, right by his liver. It hurts, it hurts, and you know he couldn't get up. Um, I called it. I said round seven or eight, this fight will be stopped, and it was stopped. And you know, it was a thing where it was just like, wow, whatever. Now I'm gonna talk about. I'm gonna play this video for you. What Garcia said after this as we go this video right here. We look forward to having you on again here soon. Let's bring in Ryan. Ryan Garcia. You You came over and spoke to Tank. First of all, how are you, Ryan? Are you okay? Uh, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Tank is a great fighter. Uh, Take my hat off to him. I know we talked a lot of shit coming up in here, but uh, he knows what it is. It's all love at the end of the day. Uh, I was honored to be in the ring with a great fighter. And I respect him a lot, and uh, you know how the business goes, but I want to say, uh, you're a good man, bro. You know how it is. Yeah, for sure. What happened in that in that punch to the midsection there in the seventh round? And it seemed like a bit of a delay. Yeah, you know, uh, 
He just caught me with a good shot. You know, I don't want to make no excuses in here. Uh, he caught me with a good shot, and uh, I just couldn't recover. Uh, and that's it, you know. Uh, that, that's all I got to say. He caught me with a good body shot, snuck under me, and caught me good. And there it is right there. Yeah. Did you think you were going to be able to continue, or just yeah, what, what was going on internally? Having trouble breathing? I'm not, I'm not saying nothing, but yeah, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't breathe. Were you thinking about taking a knee initially right there? Yeah, yeah, I was going to get back up, but uh, nah, I just couldn't get up. You came out really strong. You won the first round. I haven't seen the official card. But then in the second round, he caught you. Yeah. And you were coming in. Did that change the entire complexion for you and how you had to approach the fight? Yeah, I think I should have pressured him a little harder uh, near the ropes. I was giving him a little too much respect. And... Um, uh, that was, I think that was my downfall. I think I gave him a little too much respect in the ring. Ryan, thanks for your time. you thank got a big you, man, future. Uh, thank you. Appreciate hey, it. Hey, no matter what, even if I lose, I want to say thank you, Jesus Christ, for all he does in my life. So Ryan Garcia is showing a lot of sportsmanship on that. And I also do agree he gave Tank too much respect because you got hit by that, that you got hit by that uppercut. You felt it. That's why I gave him too much respect. But all seriousness, he probably had right. He when the first round he had Tank against the ropes. If you realize when Tank fought that fight, when he when Tank dictated, he cut an edge off of the ring. He cut him off at the edge of the ring and he backed Garcia down. Garcia between after he knocked him down between rounds three, five, three, four, and five, Tank controlled the fight. He backed for Garcia down. Garcia didn't do anything. Then round six, he got a little momentum. He gave him too much momentum. And then also he tried to make it, he tried to in you know, around two when he got dropped, he he tried, he really tried to be a street fighter. He tried to make this a street fight. You can't street fight a pit bull, man. Javante Tank Davis is a pit bull. Tank is one of them dudes you just do not mess around with. You have to box. You have to box. And that's it. You have to box him. Plain and simple. Now, want to get on to another subject. So, I have a... Hmm. Want to talk about the post fight. You know, they Tank gave him his respect. You know, they were cool, cordial. Garcia said he felt, then we hear Garcia's first, and then Garcia was like, after that, I thought, that post fight, I said, okay, Garcia won me over. Cool, congratulations, won me over. Then he started his shit that night at the press conference, the post conference, where he said, uh, you know, I felt mentally drained, but it is what it is. I'm not going to make no excuses, okay? Then he comes out and says, yesterday, that it's crazy I had a mole in my can, but it is what it is. That's your second one. Then it's the third one. Where he said that he had an injury and he came out a sparring partner for Garcia said that he Garcia was hurt during training. Okay, I'm gonna take a sip of my Mountain Dew before I unleash on all this. One, the hydration clause was the same for Tank as well. Tank says, "Okay, we're gonna fight at my weight. We're gonna fight at 146." Garcia's been fighting that weight his entire career. He's got up to 150 a couple of times, but he's followed that weight his entire career. Okay, that's one. Two, the, let's, I'm going to do this backwards. The injury thing. Okay, you got hurt in training camp. You could have easily said, hey, can we push this fight back another week? I don't feel right. I'm hurt. Or can we reschedule for later this year? And Tank could add a replacement. You could have done that. Because I was telling people, Garcia, when he was Tank had a tuna fight in January, Garcia should have taken a tune-up fight. You got to get ready for this. He didn't take a tune-up fight. He was all focused on tank. You can't do that. You have to take a tune-up fight for this. 
it, it makes perfectly sense. Before Wilder fought fucking Fury the second time, he fought Dominic Brazil and Luis Ortiz. You have to take your time. And, and Fury fought twice after that too for a reason. It has to happen. Now, I want to talk about the mole situation. You had a mole in your camp. Here's my thing. If that is true, if that is true, which I don't know if it is or not, that's on you and your team and Delahoya's punk ass for not identifying that. How do you let a mole get in your camp? How do you let a mole get in your camp? And Delahoya can make all the excuses in the world. He can make all the fucking excuses in the world like he always fucking does. You know, all I saw was in the ring that night when before pre-fight, I saw Joe, his uh, Garcia's trainer, and some guys. I didn't see Delahoya anywhere, but when I look on Tank's side, I see his promoter and I see Floyd Mayweather. I see him there with his guys, ready, ready to fight. Garcia, I mean, you can say what you want to say about Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather cares about his investments and his guys because he knows they make him money. He's going to make sure they are protected because the more money they make, the more money he makes. And the less money they make, the less money he makes. Floyd is a businessman. Floyd has done a lot of things in his life that I don't agree with. As a human being, I'm not a big fan of him, but as a boxer, I love the guy. And I love the entrepreneur, the businessman that he is. I got a lot of love and respect for him. He's made a lot of fucking money being a small man in this in this sport. And now, did he put a stranglehold on boxing? Some would say yes. I would say indifferent. I think also the Kalichkos being the heavyweight champions for 10 years and not coming over here and fighting kind of hurt hurt boxing. Hurt boxing. They also, Kalichkos were boring-ass fighters, too. Let's call a spade a spade on that. They could knock you out, but it was boring fighters. They were boring to watch. And it hurt boxing for a long time. That being said, back to the subject. Delahoya was on the press conference talking about, you know, all these clauses in this contract and everything else. Are the, it doesn't sound like the team really wants to uh, back in tank. Let me tell you something. That made that clear Saturday night when everybody was there. Where were you at? Where were you at in the ring? Where were you at in the sidelines? Where were you there comforted and Garcia checking on him to make sure he's okay? Oh, that's right. You were walking back to the thing. And then you put an Instagram post out where it's you basically, you're holding an American flag and a Mex- the Mex- the Mexico, the state, the flag of Mexico. I'm talking about, I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud of my, um, proud of my, uh, proud of be, uh, proud of my heritage. Made it about you. Then at the end said, Garcia, you will be back. You'll be fine. You make everything about you. That's why people can't stand your ass. He's probably out back. I'll be honest with you. Delahoy is probably out back snoring some fucking lines. Let's just be honest. We all know he's a fucking cokehead. I'm not a fan of Delahoy. I'm not. I'm just going to make it real clear. I'm not a fan of the guy. The guy's a piece of shit. As far as I'm concerned, he's a piece of shit. He has done nothing but he is another guy, another promoter that has lied to people. I'll tell you what my beef with Delahoy started, why I don't like him. That whole Chuck Liddell and Tweedle Ortiz thing, when he's promoted that fight, Golden Boy promoted that fight, let's be let's be honest about it. That thing bombed because nobody believed in it. You put two guys past their prime. Chuck Liddell's last five or six fights in the UFC, let's talk about it. they were bad because he was beat up. He is his he had he became a he became an injury target with his legs. He had a glass jaw at this point where and Tito Ortiz has made every fucking excuse in the world. My neck, my back, my pussy needs to be powdered. I'm sorry, Tito Ortiz makes a lot of excuses. That's why people hate him. People can't stand him. And that thing bombed because everybody knew it was going to be a shit show. I I even that I usually support fights, boxing fights, and I thought about because Delahoy has put on some fights that are enjoyable. Besides how I feel about the fucking guy, that right there just turned me off on him as if anything. Like fuck you, don't care. And from that day forward, I have been anti Golden Boy promotions for a long time. I still am. I still am. You know he makes all these big ass claims talking about. 
the contract, this and that, then why did you sign it? Because you are desperate. You want to get this fight made for Ryan. Because Ryan left Team Canelo to join you. Why did Ryan leave Team Canelo? I have no idea. Maybe the grass is greener with De La Hoya. He should have stayed with Canelo. Tang Davis said it best back in January or February when they were talking about this fight. When he left uh, Canelo's team and went to Golden Boy, he said it best. He had a better chance staying where he was at to beat me. And it got proved, and he was right. So, De La Hoya, piss poor promoter, he didn't protect his fighter from the, the, the hydration clause. He could have got that. He could have tried to get that taken care of. He didn't try. <clears throat> he never tried as, you know, he you know he allowed a mole in this camp. Whether that's true or not, allowed a mole in his camp. You allowed that to happen. You ask any fighter, how as a promoter can you look at your guy in the face, the guy you promoted, you promised him this fight, you promised him he'd be a champion, you promised him this, but you allowed a mole in your camp. So how does that make you look for your fighter? Now people are saying, hey, if that is true, we can put moles in, 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 in De La Hoya's camps because he doesn't pay attention to the shit. That's why, That's this is exactly why, and these bullshit-ass excuses now I'm hearing from Garcia, so fuck Ryan Garcia and his excuses, in my opinion. He's full of shit on this. He got his ass whooped, and it's plain and simple. Hydration clauses, this and that. Everybody's making an excuse for him. It ain't my fucking fault. It ain't my fault. I went on Facebook, Twitter, and I took a lashing from people saying, Tank's too small, Tank gets hit, Garcia's got quick hands. All y'all were on the hype train of a pretty boy, had his hair done a certain way, and he has very fast hands. And y'all thought for sure this was going to be the one because y'all don't like Tank because he's associated with Mayweather. And he proved your asses wrong. Plain and simple. Stop hating on greatness. Ryan Garcia is 24, 25 years of age. He can have a great career in the sport, and I think he does. He has a lot of ability. But I don't support guys who make excuses. You can ask anybody Ask me. I'm a big Deontay Wilder fan. When he got beaten that second fight, I lost a bit of respect for him. I love the guy. He's my favorite fighter to watch. But, bro, you got beat. It is what it is. Like, quit making excuses. You didn't, you didn't come to fight. You made a mistake. Like, I love the fucking guy, but it, 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 you lose respect. Now, he, now I, my, all my respect went fucking back to him the third fight when he showed up and he put the fire of his life and he put that third fight on with Fury. Well, it was fucking a great fight. It was a fight of the year last year, in my opinion. Best heavyweight fight I've ever seen in my lifetime. I'm 30 years old. You do the math. And as I enter a text message, but I'm just so sick and tired. Everybody making excuses. You didn't have to sign the contract. Del Hoyga said, no, we're not signing a hydration clause. Okay, the fight's off then. The fight's off. And Garcia was the one who wanted this fight. He was the one that kept calling Tank out. You're the one that ran around and said, I'll bet my purse. You got you you let Tank mind fuck you from the moment. I'm like, oh my God, you're betting your fucking purse. Tank's gonna fucking hurt you. Stop. You know, when they're at the press conference and Tank took them fucking $100 bills, I was throwing them around and stuff. And Garcia said, that's not what it's all about, brother. That ain't what it's all about. And, Gar and Tank looked at you straight in your eyes and said, it's called being a prize fighter, stupid. Like, what are you doing, Garcia? You, like, stop. So I'm tired of the excuses. Garcia has got a lot of ability, got a lot of time left, but he needs to work on things. He is vulnerable every fucking time. He swings crazy like that, and he got caught. I've been saying it for a while. That's why Luke Campbell was able to drop him, and that's why Tank dropped him his ass twice. He got beat, man. Let it fucking go. You're a great fighter. You got a lot of ability. Dude. You're young. You can be back. But let me tell you something. People are going to look at this film and say, yeah, he's vulnerable here. You can put a little pressure on him and back him up now. 
Plain and simple. Now let's talk about the face of boxing argument. Is Javante Tane Davis the face of boxing? Yes. I think he is. He is a draw everywhere he goes. He sold out the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. That pay-per-view viral probably did a lot of huge numbers. He's a millionaire. He averages 15. Before that fight, he averages 15 to 16,000 people every fight he's in. Yes, I think Javante Tang Davis is, he is, in my opinion, the face of boxing. Now, does I think he's the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world? No. And let me say this. Well, how can you be the face of boxing if you're not the best fighter in the world? Well, let me make this argument. Conor McGregor is arguably the face of the UFC still of all the issues he's had. When he fights, he's a big deal. People see him. But let's be honest about Conor McGregor. Is he the best fighter in the world? No. Personality-wise and in aura about him, it's big. LeBron James, is he the best player in the world right now in the NBA? Some people make the argument. I don't think so. It's an argument. But many people have him outside that he's a top five player. They don't think he's the best. Giannis is, but LeBron's the face of the league. The NFL. I mean, for God's sakes, Tom Brady was really the face of the NFL last two or three years. But was he the best player in the NFL? No. Or Patrick Mahomes, excuse me. Whatever. Just different arguments. I'm just throwing out different arguments for you guys. I mean, it is what it is. The guy I'm looking right now on my poster board, Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant had a run where he was the best player in the world, but he had, he had, his run was over. He was the face of the league for a little while. But his run was over. He wasn't. Sometimes he wasn't considered the best player in the world. LeBron James was. Nothing against that. So, yeah, I think Tank is top five in the world. And I sat back and thought about it. The top five fires in the world, in my opinion, are it, the top the top three I'm settled on, but one and two is hard because Terrence Bud Crawford and Earl Spitz to me are 1A or 1B. I think they're both tied for one and two. Three is Canelo, four is Tank, and five, you can throw Tyson Fury in that mix, Clarissa Shields, um, um, Al Usyk. Obviously, the the you know the guy who has the other heavyweight belts. I mean, you could throw guys like that in. I mean, those are the guys you put in that argument. Um, there's some other guy people I'm missing, but I'm just saying like the top four to me are settled. It's, it's in random order: Bud, Spence, Canelo, Tank. You rank them wherever you want. So where do I think this goes for Tank? Where does Tank Dave? Well, I'm gonna let you. So I'm gonna change the subject now as I close this. Sh- I'm gonna close this thing about next 10 to 15 minutes because it's gonna be a quick episode today. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh. <coughs> Let me get a drink real quick, y'all. If I think, do I think, what would uh, what, what are the next options for Tank and Garcia? Well, I think Garcia needs to take some time off. I think he needs to go back to the drawing board a little bit. Not go back to the drawing board, but go to the camp, keep yourself in shape. And fight maybe late in the fall, early in the fall, late in the late or late summer, early fall, or, or late winter or early winter, late fall. Have a fight against a guy, fight over, fire, get you a win, get you get you some confidence back in yourself, and then you go from there and build yourself. Because I think he needs another. People say he deserves a rematch. I think he deserves a rematch, but I think also Garcia and Tank need two years apart. I don't think they need to run it back. Um, I think Garcia needs a couple more years underneath his belt to have a shot, a legit shot, because he can't do, let that happen again. Now, where does Tank go from here? And here's what I think. Devin Haney and Lomachenko are going to fight less than a month. The winner of that fight needs to fight Tank. 
That's the fight. And I think Tank beats them both. There's one guy in this division I think can give, and that, that weight that Tank's at, that can give Tank the problems. Shakur Stevenson. I am a big Shakur Stevenson fan. He's one of my favorite fighters. I love him. He is the one guy I believe that can give Tank problems. Do I think Tank beats him? Yes. At this moment, I do. But two or three years down the line, oh, yeah. It could be on. Now, does Tank need to move up in weight classes? I don't think so. I think he needs to stay between that 135, 136 to 148. That Keep that range of weight because Tank does have a disadvantage. He is very small, but he does have power, and he can get low on guys. Overall, though, I think Tank is the face of boxing. I think he's top four, three to four in the world, depending on what you put ranking at, and that's where I'm going to stand on that. Now, what do I think of, you know, People saying, well, it, the height, you know, people make a, a thing about, uh, back to him being small. You know, everybody talks about reach advantages. I mean, Garcia, see, reach advantage in boxing, people make a big, made a big deal about Garcia with his reach. He had three and a half inches on That ain't nothing in boxing. Once you get the six or seven inches of reach, that becomes a problem. That's an issue. Three and a half is no, it's, it, that's fighting yourself. It's no big deal. So I want to squash that. So, like I said, Tank, Devin Haney, or Lomachenko is my. I think Tefino Mito Lopez is another guy. If he gets his mind right, he shows up in this next fight. He shows what he's got. I think Leo is a guy that we can watch fight Tank and be a pay-per-view box office attraction. But the fight to me, in my opinion, is Haney versus Tank. And after that, the winner of that fight needs to fight Shakur Stevenson. That's what I think. Because I think Haney is going to beat Lomachenko. And I think it's going to be a decision fight because I think Tank is so skilled, is so powerful. He is going to punch you. He will land that right, that left and right hand will land. That uppercut lands. You can be a skilled fighter all you want. You can try everything you want. You got to throw sometimes. And you get in the throw with that dude, you better be careful. You got to put Tank down. And I don't think anybody in that division can. Shakur might have a shot, but I don't think he has a chance. Tefilmeo Lopez can box and has power, but I don't think he can. So, And Lomachenko ain't got shit. Lomachenko skilled as ever, but nah, I don't see it. That being said, quick and easy episode today, guys. And here's a little announcement. So, Dark Side of the Ring is a you know the mini series on Hulu is coming back later next month. Weekly episodes that will not be concurred on the Wednesday. There will be a weekly episode dropping on Thursday, depending on what the date of the show, either the beginning of the week or the end of the week of the series and then I will do a big series finale on what I think and what stories I would like to see if they do a season 5 also coming tomorrow and as I record I'm recording this on Monday April 20, April 24th tomorrow picking a little man at school me him and his mother are going to go see Evil Dead Rise and as I get home that night I will sit down and do a full recording session on Evil Dead Rise and I will give you a spoiler review of it I will give you my honest opinion on the movie, where it, and I will rank the whole Evil Dead franchise, all five films. So that's what I had planned. Tune in next week, like always, or tune in this Friday, excuse me, for the bonus episode. And just remember one thing, like always, I don't bullshit, I just tell it like it is. Straight up, have a good one, y'all.